Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Welcome back to Cannabis Grand Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Altman. Joining me today is our other co-host, Dr. Les Matthews. And we are going to be speaking to uh, an old friend, Dr. Tom Trinchetto, uh, who introduced himself to the listening audience with our last recording. Briefly, Dr. Trinchetto is uh, double boarded in internal medicine uh, and emergency medicine, spent some time uh, in administration, and retired a couple years ago looking to do some part-time work discovered the world of medical cannabis and has been supplying certifications and uh, clinical consultations for patients uh, in his home base of Sarasota, Florida. Welcome back, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me again. Tom, you've been described by many of our friends uh, as being a thoughtful skeptic uh, and certainly uh, not a recreational user of cannabis uh, in your earlier life. It amazes me sometimes that you are as actively involved in medical cannabis and uh, tells me that there's something there that you discovered um, that I think our listeners would love to hear. Um, sure, I could give. You know, let me give a little background on that. A lot of my friends will bring up that they find it surprising that I'm involved in this. You know, say, given that you know you were always against the use of marijuana, they would tell me, and I said, no, I was never against the use of marijuana at all. When I was a young man and I tried it, it would immediately put me to sleep. You know, when I tried it recreationally, I I don't think I ever got high. I never got the high that was experienced, you know, back in college and things. Um, and there was, you know, I could think of one particular time where I tried it where I had a really bad reaction. <laughs> so um, wound up lying on a, on a street corner. Uh, but any event. The point is, I was never against it. It was just not something that, that uh, appealed to me recreationally. Um, and when, uh, you know, when I started doing this, I had, I'll say, limited expectations. I, I was hopeful that it would be a, a good adjunct for pain management, and I wanted to learn more about that, as I said in the last uh, session. The, uh, but when I started, I, I would say a, a couple of the things that were really uh notable to me where after the first couple of days of doing this, I'd come home and my wife said, wow, you're in an awfully good mood. And I, I told her, I said, I'm just stunned. I mean, these, um, these people with so many different medical conditions, they are all pleased and happy. I mean, almost every single patient is thrilled with the result they're getting. And if anyone who spent any time say working in an emergency room, typically at the end of the shift, you walk home being psychologically beat up and it's not that most patients are thrilled with the outcomes. Um, so this was a big change. I said, you know, you work all day and everybody's happy and they're feeling better. I said, you feel good. I mean, it just, I, tell, I explained to the patients, I said, I get as much out of this as you do, I think, because it makes me feel good at the end of the day that we're helping so many patients. Um, 
so, uh, you know, that, that was probably one of the first lessons learned. The other was about, um, about the age group and the, the patients and the problems they came there uh, to be treated for. Um, uh, again, going back to the results that we get, I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, I've you know, seen hundreds of patients. I couldn't, if I used the fingers on one hand, I wouldn't use even all the fingers on patients who came back and said, this is not helping them significantly. That's how dramatic the results were and, and startling to me. And within your um, clinic, uh, Tom, uh, what, what are the top three or five conditions that people are seeking uh, help for? Um, probably the, the top conditions were are, um, well, let me back up a little bit. So we have our, in Florida, I don't know how they do it in other states, but there's a list of what they call qualifying conditions, which are all appropriate diagnoses. Cancer, Parkinson's disease, post-traumatic stress disorder. That initially, and that was about five, 15 of them. And if you were certified as having one of these conditions, you could be certified. Um, you could use medical cannabis. But there were so many other conditions similar that were not on that list. And the legislature then added one more category, which is a debilitating condition comparable to one of the specific conditions on that list. And that greatly expanded the tent under which we could treat patients. And the reality is that when you say, what do I see mostly? Most of the things I see are in this comparable category. They're not the, um, the original list. The most common conditions that we see patients for are uh, generalized anxiety disorder, uh, insomnia, and I'll say pain management, um, but it's essentially conditions that cause chronic pain, degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, lots of um, you know, older patients with uh, you know, uh, spinal stenosis, uh, degenerative disc disease in their lumbar spine especially. They can't, uh, so those three were probably the most common. Again, pain management is degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, spinal stenosis. Those the three most frequent categories that we see patients. What are you finding in terms of preferred routes of administration? Uh, again, there, it seems to be much more related to uh, um, age and prior exposure, prior use of cannabis. So older patients who, are not, who didn't smoke uh, marijuana much when they were younger, they don't tend to be interested in, uh, in using one of the inhalation routes, such as you know, flour or, um, or vapes. Um, so they tend to go more for the uh, edible products gummies, things like that. Patients who um, use flour when they were younger and still use it some now recreationally, a lot of them come to us because they've tried this for their now chronic medical problems and found that it helps where the medications they were being prescribed didn't. So they tend to stick with that because it's what they already know. But this, I mean, there's so many products out there for the patient to use. It's, it's, that's one of the daunting things for them. When, when a patient in uh, an older patient who hasn't used it since they were younger and has no idea what's going on in a dispensary, they kind of come in thinking, well, I get certified and then I guess I can either smoke marijuana or eat you know, uh, an edible like a marijuana brownie. And then when you explain to them the gigantic uh, industry now 
and the, the number of different products. And many of the products are different companies' versions of the same thing, essentially. And they're like, well, why do I need to have so many of those to choose from? I say, well, all right, and you, when you go to the store, if you say uh, you want cola, you know, you can say, right, you want RC Cola, Pepsi Cola, Coca Cola, Public Cola, what type you want. They're all different and um, they're made a little bit differently. Differently, And some patients like one version better than the other. So you have to choose what works best for you. Tom, uh, are you able to talk about a couple uh, specific cases that stand out in your mind concerning the efficacy of medical cannabis? I. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple. I can let's see. One is a, an 88 year old physician. Um, he's an interesting man. He got brought in by his granddaughter, um, and again, very sharp guy. He was, you know, mentally there completely. Had retired in his early 80s, uh, and he had uh, really severe degenerative disc disease, um, spinal stenosis, he, to the point where um, he was he was very depressed. Um, and because he was in so much pain all the time and the narcotics, he didn't want to take them when he did take them they, he didn't like feeling drugged. He said, and he was very focused on, I, I can't take a walk like I used to. I can't play with my grandchildren and he, you know, my great grandchildren at this point. So it was pretty striking the, how this had affected him. And what was also interesting that he was a good example of uh, what I call like the domino effect in, in these patients. Because they'll come in and they'll, they'll tell you a, a number of diagnoses that all could be used to, uh, you know, to justify the use of medical cannabis, but they're all related. So for example, in this man's case, it was his back problems and the pain. So as a result of the pain, he couldn't do things. He couldn't enjoy life. His, fun you know, his ability to function was severely limited. He also couldn't sleep. So now he's got, you know, he says, I have insomnia. Okay. Yeah, I can't sleep because I'm in pain when I try and lie down. And then, so he has chronic pain. He's uh, insomniac. He's sleep deprived. He became depressed. Now on top of that, I can't do things. I'm tired all the time. So he's listing all these problems he has. I have, you know, back pain and uh, insomnia, uh, depression, chronic fatigue. And it's like, well, basically, you have one problem. Your, your real problem is this pain. If you didn't have pain, you'd be able to sleep. If you had to have sleep, you, you know, if you were able to sleep, you wouldn't have chronic fatigue. I mean, it's like this one domino is causing all these problems. Uh, and if we could just get one under control, the first one, in the, uh, of the first domino, all the rest hopefully will fall in line. So, uh, you know, he came back after his, uh, I saw him on his initial certification, then I saw him on his follow-up visit about six and a half months later, um, and he was like a new man. He was just so thrilled. <laughs> he's, he's, he's walking up down the hall of the clinic, showing me how much better he can walk now, tell me about things he's been doing with his great-grandchildren, great um, how he can sleep at night now. You know, he says, no, I have to get up and go to the bathroom, but then I fall right back to sleep again. I'm not tired. I, you know. Um, he, he said, this has changed my life. Now he didn't get teary, but I've had patients in similar presentations who, um, who come in and they'll actually start crying about how much this has changed their life. They use that phrase a lot. Great story. Great story. And that's the type of, that's the type of thing from a practitioner standpoint that you, at the end of the day, you go home, you feel pretty damn good. <laughs> 
Tom, have you seen any significant uh, side effects or adverse effects from patients who have begun to use medical cannabis? Not really. And it's, it's funny because I'll ask when I see patients for recertification um, and I will always ask them, I said, are you having any, what, what product are you using, product or products? And very often they're using different products depending on uh, they'll use something during the day that they don't want to be sedating because they want to be able to function. Um, something different at night. They'll say, well, this makes me you know, kind of sleepy and everything, but I'm, I want to sleep. That's one of the issues I had before, so I'll take something different. But anyway, I'll ask them, are you having any, what products do you use? And then I'll ask them, are you having any side effects from any of these products that we need to talk about? Um, rarely, almost never does anyone bring up a side effect. A lot of patients will say, why am I supposed to be having side effects? And I'm uh, tell them, I said, well, not really. I mean, the, 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 this is, you know, this is a different type of medicine. This is patient-directed care. If you were having a side effect with traditional medications, I gave you a prescription, you had a side effect, you'd have to come back to see me, and I'd have to write you another prescription to try, you know, something different. So, but in this case, if you tried something, I always give them an example. Uh, some people who use vape pens, they say it, it's uh, irritating to their throat. It's a bad taste in their mouth. They don't like it. Right, you you tried the vape pen, you didn't like that side effect. You just stopped using it and switched to another um, medication that you could try, another another product. Uh, so by the time you come back to see me, I tell them you pretty much eliminated anything that had any side effects, so to speak, that you didn't like. Uh, so no, really. So the answer to your question, Les, is that it's rare to have anybody. Um, say something like that. And when they do say the side effect, they say, yeah, and it's minor and I don't really mind it so much. So I just I'll continue using the same product. It's no big deal to me. So, so, so Tom, this almost sounds too good to be true. It's a, it's a, it, we're, we're talking, we're talking about uh, medical marijuana that is helping so many people and making your day better and not creating any significant or noteworthy side effects. It sounds too good to be true. It does. But that's the reality of what, at least what I'm encountering and what friends of mine are encountering in practice when I talk to them. It's, uh, I mean, I, I worked yesterday and I probably saw about 30 patients yesterday and not a single one was unhappy with their results. They were all thrilled with how well they were doing. And it's, you know, as, as Hal you know, just mentioned that I'm somewhat of a skeptic. I mean, no one could have been more surprised by this than me. I was just looking to see, you know, this would be, you know, its usefulness as an adjunct in pain management. And I said, I didn't expect all these other conditions that were so helped. And again, as I explained to the patients, when they, when they bring it up, and a lot of times, you know, they don't, but just to explain to them why this is useful for so many medications, so many conditions, it's because cannabis is, it's a plant. It's not a medication per se. There are multiple different compounds, uh, in cannabis, uh, and you know the main ones being THC and the CBDs, and there's different you know subgroups of that that act on different receptors in the endocannabinoid system, and those have different effects. So you're not taking a you know a medication that somehow miraculously addresses symptoms in multiple illnesses. It's multiple medications in there. You just have to find the preparations that have the uh, specific compounds that target the receptors that address you know, your problem. So it's a, uh, it seems too good to be true, but it isn't. Well, Tom, th- this is exactly the reason that Les and I uh, wanted to have you as a guest on our podcast. I, I think that 
it speaks volumes when uh, you talk to somebody that with boots on the ground that uh, are seeing uh, patients on a daily basis and these kinds of outcomes. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Just one parting shot. Is there some way that we could make this better? Uh, As a physician involved in uh, medical cannabis, what do you think would benefit our patients that we're not doing now? One of the, again, the largest group of patients that I see down here, you know, and, and well, that are seen in, in uh, practices down here are, 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 you know, middle-aged and older patients with chronic medical problems. And they're dealing with the stigma that they attach to it from when they were younger. So they're, they're reluctant to utilize it. They, they don't have, uh, they go into this without the education about the products. It's pretty, very daunting for um, the older patient who's used to traditional medicine to deal with this patient controlled care. I mean, they're, they're basically when they said, you, you're going to decide what you want to take. Not me. I tell them, I mean, you're, this, this is going to be turned over to you. They've been, you know, they're 75 years old and they've been getting told all their life by their doctor, this is what you'll take. And this is completely, you know, foreign to them. So it's a lot for them to, to wrap their heads around. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, and I actually spend a lot of time talking to patients about that, trying to make them feel comfortable. I think we can, as physicians, I mean, as cannabis physicians, but just the medical community in general, um, could do a a better job of educating the public as to what exactly medical cannabis entails. Now, granted, it's different in different states, but... um, but again, here I'm a medical professional, and I didn't know the full extent of this until I actually started doing it. I, I, the the average member of the public has no idea about all this. Uh, I, I think they could. Uh, it would help destigmatize it and make a lot of people who benefit most from it, these older patients and stuff, um, a lot more comfortable pursuing this. I mean, I have um, older. Uh, neighbors and friends that I've encouraged to do it. And they're just still so uncomfortable. They won't do it. And I feel bad because they're going to go years um, with these conditions that are affecting the quality of life. And they just don't feel comfortable doing it because of the stigma attached and, the, and their anxiety about, you know, doing something like this. Well, certainly one of the resources that uh, Dr. Matthews, Dr. Vinoker and I would um, give to you is to let your patients know about this podcast, Cannabis Grand Rounds, and encourage them to listen. Some of it, obviously, is going to be over their heads, but we think that there's a lot of practical knowledge that will help people better understand uh, medical cannabis. I had a patient yesterday ask me that, and I sent them the links to your podcast. Perfect. That's why we're paying you so much, Dr. Cinchetto. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, listen, thanks so much, Tom. Uh, Les and I are grateful and uh, happy that you agreed to join us. Hopefully at some point we can have you come back and you can tell us some more successful stories. This is my pleasure. I appreciate you guys asking me on. So with that, we will conclude this episode of uh, Cannabis Grand Rounds. Uh, We look forward to our next conversation with you. Thank you so much. 
All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.